0: I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. And I'm Anthony Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. And this is Short Term High Volatility Investments, your one-stop shop for sports betting and insights, no matter what season is in full swing. And now, let's cash some tickets. What's going on? Great day for a great day. We're coming at you with 23 minutes of hot, hot gossip. Just kidding, hot picks. And talk to the good people at home. How the
1: fuck are we doing? Just wanted to say hello. What up? Happy March Madness. We made it to the Sweet 16. We got through that grind of a weekend. Thursday, Friday, the games don't stop coming. Friday, Saturday, they staggered them a little bit strange. But here we are with a couple days later, and that's what we're here to break down. 23 minutes of fun. Hopefully some March Madness picks. I do not specialize in college basketball, but you, the old man, I believe that's where a lot of this legendary run started, right? If you... Many moons ago, a wild run.
0: Yeah, I mean, historically, yeah, yeah. March Madness was huge. I also, you know, self-transparency, self-call, I was betting the entire season every day those two years. So I opened up ice cold last weekend, what, two and five on day one, I think two and four on day two. But two of those losses on day two was the absolute soul crushing defeat of Duke's 18 and a half uh, uncontested layup as Duke was walking off the court to not hit that. And I missed the first half spread of that by a half a point. So that could have easily been four and two. So I'm not raising white flags. I'm not panicking. I think I'm directionally correct. I do think. That I was a little bit too much on the art side of things last week, art versus science, and uh, so this week coming back to the drawing board, uh, I am implementing a very similar strategy in terms of line strength than I did during the NFL season, and and, uh, we did pretty okay during that NFL season. What do I have on that one? I think that's a no play for me, right? So what I'm looking at and what we did for football was taking DVOA was the stat we were using there, defensive value adjusted over average, looking at a percentage better of how good teams are. I don't think that exists in college basketball. If it does, somebody please point that out to me. Um, But two – what I'm using here is Palm's overall efficiency metrics. So not rankings, but there are actual raw numbers. And then looking at the differences in between the two teams that are playing and then comparing that to the spread. So essentially finding an efficiency to spread ratio and then gauging that in terms of strength compared to every other game. Uh, and this is one for me is a, is a pretty firm no play. It seems like probably the sharpest line. Three that are really sharp, four that I'm going to play. This is not one of those. This came in as right in... The, the efficiency metric of Sharp for me is, is a 0.6. I'm taking that difference divided by the spread and, and getting a number. Uh, and this was right at 0.6. And that's generally around where the average has been this season. So when it's around the average, that is Sharp. If I had to pick here, I would probably lean towards Gonzaga as the favorite. I know, you know, what, first weekend, I believe favorites, underdogs were 27 and 21 against the spread. I believe historically the Sweet 16 uh, has been pretty favorite dominant. So I, w- I would lean towards that that favorite here i do think in zaga kind of escaping a few almost scares is, is going to put them in a good spot to come out uh and go pretty hard here and i'm seeing texas tech live as of right now actually is the favorite on DraftKings at minus one uh and this is one that i, I very much like as well this one popped on my adjusted uh you know efficiency to to spread ratio um you know they're they're very very similar right it's a 25.48 versus 24.47 uh, or 47.9. for for context gonzaga is the most efficient team in the country at 32 so this is two great teams battling Um, You know, I think at the end of the day, though, what I love about this Texas Tech team is that they're so scrappy on defense. They work so hard and and they can get it going on offense. We've seen this Duke team be exposed uh, against, you know, essentially uh, that weakness on their defense. So I think that gives an upgrade to the Texas Tech offense and then. I don't know. Will Duke be able to lock it down? They struggled against a pretty whatever Michigan state team, um, which, which doesn't inspire much confidence. You know, I think if anything, I think the, the line's probably a little inflated, uh, obviously at minus one I think the sharp money's coming in there, but you know, I'm hoping that some, some Duke homers come in late and hammer it, you know, the coach K's last season, he's going out like good bet that storyline. Cause I don't think that storyline tells the full story. I think Texas 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 tech is the better team here. Um, the only, the only way I think Duke pulls this one out is if one of their studs you know, goes some some hero ball by looking at uh, what Banchero to do that. But if they can contain him, I think this could be a long day for uh, maybe not a long day. I don't want to overstate this one, but I do think Texas Tech will uh, yeah, will, will grit, grit it out. That will be an official play for me uh, at minus one. So I'm looking at plus five on Michigan and Texas Tech minus one on the Thursday night slate.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think narrative is tough to back there when uh, none of these freshman studs that Duke have remember the goat Christian Laettner. You know, so let's let's move on.
0: <sighs> yeah, that is. I mean, right. That's the X factor right there, right? If that's you right. Don't remember the goat. And have they had any uh, common opponents? I, I forgot. To uh, that. Probably yes. The answer is agree, yes. Yeah. They both yeah. played Gonzaga, but both that was before the new year. Duke won. Gonzaga smashed Texas Tech by fourteen. But Notre Dame. Also, the results point to Duke, <laughs> but that's okay. Some of the best bets are the most uncomfortable. Why are they a favorite? Hopefully for a good reason. Texas Tech minus one.
1: Look, you have another similar spot here. I don't know if you have anything. Houston, Arizona, the late game. Um, Eileen Houston, uh, it's a similar story here to me that the line is telling. It's again, now you have the fifth seed Houston playing really well against the first seed Arizona. I think Houston was in the final four. Uh, last go around that we did this dance. Um, So Arizona comes in now minus one and a half was what the line I saw last night. Again, a short line for the one seed, Um, a little telling anything for you official.
0: Yeah, actually, you know, interesting here, obviously one seed Arizona with an absolute scare last week. Hopefully that, uh, rejuvenizes them a little bit. Hello, wake up call. But interestingly enough, Ken Palm actually has this Houston team higher ranked. It's very, very close again, 27.54 versus 26.9 in terms of overall efficiency. Um, but that, that when you look at that number and then look at Arizona as a favorite, this is actually one that very much pops in Arizona's direction as being a strong line, of course, merging the data. When you look at records, when you look at overall rankings, it's the inverse of that. But this is one that I did want to play as of right now. I don't know if it's going to be official, but I had to jot it down as one of my best lines of the, of the week, you know, through this exercise, uh, at minus one and a half for Arizona. So I'm going to wait and see on that, try to get a little bit more movement, a little bit more indication of what's going on. Uh, the common opponents is not a particular, really strong indication here Houston is dominating that but again why is the line here so for me this is a battle of is this a short line or is this a strong line and whatever that conclusion is will be where I'm playing but right now I'm operating that it's actually a strong line for Arizona I haven't seen the handle versus bet split split yet to, to kind of try to validate that movement um, but for me that that feels like Arizona is going to come out and, and hopefully take this one down as the perceived worst team in Ken Palm's eyes
1: Ken Palm. So let's go to the Friday slate. Now, St. Peter's, Purdue, everyone's Cinderella. We get some of these every year, but not a ton of 15 seeds. So just looking at the history, uh, 15 seeds now with the win from St. Peter's are 10 to 138. So 10 and 138 versus two seeds in round one. Yep play that a little bit and only two in the history have won round two games two previously this St. Peter's now being the third Florida Gulf Coast back in I think 2013 and then Oral Roberts uh, just a short time ago back in 2021 those teams did beat up on their second-round opponents, actually. Florida Gulf Coast uh, beat San Diego 81-71. I saw St. Peter's beat Murray State 70-60. Oral Roberts squeaked by Florida 81-78. Now, the telling thing, what I wanted to make sure I brought up, in the Sweet 16, those previous two winners both lost outright. So, no... 15 seed has ever gotten to the elite eight. Florida Gulf Coast lost to Florida 62-50. That line was minus 12, minus 13, so sharp. Oral Roberts lost to Arkansas 72-70, close one. They covered the minus 10 and a half. So now you come in and this is a big spread, probably a sharp number. I could see Purdue absolutely smashing. Uh, they're so good offensively. You know, they're they're putting it all together at the right time. I just I have a hard time. I'm a little worried about backing the big number.
0: Yeah, this is one that didn't pop one way or the other. I think it was a lean towards line strength of Purdue at 12 and a half. Um, and... You know, this one for me was really funky in just looking at what these teams have done against the spread. Purdue closed out the season on an 0-9-1 run, ATS. They're 2-7-1 in their last 10 because they covered the first two rounds here in March Madness. So, one, you could say that they were the most due team in the country, and now they're kind of regressing there, right? They were 6-16 in conference, ATS. Perhaps that's telling of it's just a tough conference and it's hard to close out games there. Meanwhile, on the other side, you got St. Peter's. They were 18 and five ATS in conference. They're five and 0 ATS in their last five, nine and one in their last 10, and 15 and four on the road this year. You know, one of these things is not like the other. That screams like the biggest regression point that we could possibly ask for. Especially after they covered the last two games by, what was it, 24 and a half points and 18 points? I mean, this is a good squad, but they are ranked 120th in Ken Palm, right? Outliers happen, short sample sizes exist, and this is a 2-0 winning streak not that they're a bad team and they did clean up you know they what they beat Niagara by 22 they beat you know uh 27 Manhattan by 22 Fairfield by 16 and 14 something along those lines maybe even more it's
1: domination of the mac
0: yeah but like none of those teams were very good did they beat Kentucky for sure that was a good win Kentucky was a flawed squad though they always are they never have any chemistry they got too many young guns and you know, they got exposed. Murray State, candidly, I don't know much about them. Didn't watch them once this year, and I think I was at a concert when that game tipped, so I didn't even get to watch that performance.
1: So they were ranked higher in Kempom than I thought. Yeah. I was a, I was a little bit surprised, but still, nonetheless, I think you're just stepping up in class to a different level here with Purdue. Yeah, you
0: got to think so. When, you know, the biggest concern, I would say, about the, the large spread is that, you know, Purdue hasn't closed out games particularly strong. You know, does that matter this game? Like... I don't know. I lean Purdue there. I don't think we have any common opponents on this one. Um, you know, first half versus second half trends. You know, it's just, it's Purdue all day, right? Like, first half points per game for St. Peter's, 245th in the country, second half points per half, 278th in the country. That's not very good. Uh, but defensively, they've been great. They're 20th in the first half and 35th in the second in terms of points allowed. So, crazy merge there. But again, they're not playing anybody. So it's like, you know, you got to deflate all of those stats. Um, I, you know, gun to my head, I'm giving me Purdue minus 12 and a half. You know, I think favorites historically have cleaned up in the Sweet 16. Um, so I don't have an official play on that now, but give me two beers at 5 p.m. on Friday and maybe that'll change.
1: Fire away, fire away. But look, one thing you got to remember too, with these games is you go from the weekend, no time to prepare for your round of 32 opponent into jumping into the sweet 16 where these teams, these coaches, these bigger programs and both sides have it, but more time to prepare more time to game plan. Uh, who does that benefit? I don't know. I'd lean Purdue, but we'll see. It's a big number. Keep your eye on that one live too, but let's go to the Friday or or, the next game on that Friday slate, which should be Providence, Kansas. Uh, this is actually an official for me. I'm going to be on the over 141 and a half, uh, Kansas also is the one seed. You know, minus seven and a half. A good term I heard on the, I think it was Tate on one of the uh, one of his podcasts. Um, you know, focusing on college basketball, they joke and call it the luck of the Frirish with all the the Providence wins during the year. And I love that term. But look, I do think Providence can score the basketball. Um so these two teams come in offensively Kansas ranked 6th, Providence ranked 32nd. They're both a little bit worse defensively, Kansas 26th, Providence 58th. When you look at some of the averages here, yes, I do think it's a sharp number. But I lean especially in a close one that they're going to get there. So Providence is averaging, you know, just a hair under 72. Kansas is averaging 73. Uh, They're both giving up in the mid to high 60s. Providence giving up 66.2. Kansas giving up 67. So I think these teams are going to shoot the ball. I think the pace is going to be there. And I think ultimately it will get over the 141 and a half, even if it's a little sweaty.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I got no action here. I think I lean Providence on the line, but it was one of those ones that fell into the squarely no play, you know, kind of analysis for me. Providence, I mean, what do you make of them? They're the luckiest team in the country. Luck of the (laughs) Irish. Yeah. They win, you know, they win all those close games, but there's something to be said about guys who want the ball with 30 seconds left down one and then go and get it done, go and get the rack. You know, that's been buying them for them pretty much all season. He's an 85% three free throw shooter. So he, you know, initiates contact. He attacks uncertainty and, and good things happen. Um, you know, it's hard to put a number on that, right? You know, you think it's lucky, you think it should regress, but it hasn't. They, they continue to pull out these good, big wins. You know, I even hit a live line on Providence when they were down like 16, somewhere in the late, late season. They came back and won by one in overtime. That was a nice hit. That was like plus six hundred. Neither here nor there. You know, one of those things that it's like, <laughs> you know, directionally, when a team makes me money, I like to bet on them more. But I, I don't. I don't know if that's the right. I would have liked the line. I think to be a little bit bigger. I don't think Providence can necessarily hang. But they were the sexy fade in round one, and look what happened. They've 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 run it two two straight games, but against subpar You know, kind of uh, opponents here. Um, didn't look specifically on, on common opponents there. Did you get any uh, any eyes on that?
1: No, not on the common opponents. I mean, I think you're dealing with two big-time conferences here, so I'm sure there was some cross-reference. I mean, one point on Providence just... Just talking about the regression before you pulled up. I think it was almost better that they got smacked in the mouth in the Big East tournament, and a lot of people were expecting that to happen. You were talking about the regression back then and the luck back then. You know, had they gone deeper, maybe more tired legs. You know, the the regression still incoming, so maybe they got a little bit out of their system. But what about the common opponents? Uh,
0: Texas Tech, Providence wins by four. Kansas wins by nine. Wins by three. Loses by eight. You know, a bit of a wash there. Washes obviously go to the underdog. St. John's always a tough team to play in the Big East. Providence speed up twice win by four win by 10 i believe both of those were pretty sweaty last minute heroic type scenarios kansas beat him by 20 but both of those games were pretty early in the season and then creighton i mean what a roller coaster the first time providence beat them by 21 and then they lose by 27 i mean hard to i'm that's sure the a, result should that's have just been somewhere a snapshot in <laughs> into,
1: into conference basketball that's what that is
0: yeah and then kansas obviously beats them by by seven but that was a very very good game as well um So I think my biggest takeaway there is that Creighton was an underrated squad this season, (laughs) which doesn't help us on this one. I'm not going to play it. I think I lean towards Providence, but the line is squarely in no play territory for me. Um, So I wish you the best of luck.
1: Take the under, come on the ride. But let's go to the next one. I don't have anything... Here, I do lean, I think, where you're leaning and, and may make that official, but the number eight seed UNC against number four seed UCLA, putting it together at the right time again, getting healthy like they did uh, last year or two years ago with a little Final Four run. Uh, UCLA minus two and a half, the total again at 141 and a half. Um, talk about Blue Bloods and historic teams matching up in the Sweet 16. This is a great uniform matchup. You know, that's what I'm that's what I'm here for.
0: Yeah. In terms of fashion, this game is is number one on the slate. We love that baby blue. Shout out to my Tufts Jumbos. 5-0, and 6-0 in league play right now. Neither here nor there. Big questions for me, though, on UCLA is uh, Jaime Ha... What is it? HaKaz is going to play? I mean, they've got... He just got great hurt, generation. right? In the,
1: in the end of that last game, I think, which <laughs> yeah, does hurt maybe them. maybe
0: an ankle sprain, TBD, um, but that's going to be huge. And then uh, Johnny Juzang, Johnny Banana, is, you know, he's been wildly inconsistent. Last five games of the season, I think only one of them he had more than 15 points. And, you know, he was the lifeblood of the squad last year. Obviously, they're deeper this year. But he was the catalyst to get them into that sweet 16 run. I've been trying to fade UCLA, at least in my bracket, late game. Um, and, and this was one that popped, for sure, uh, as an official play. Uh, UNC was a plus two and a half, I believe. Uh, one of the strongest lines of the week, according to my spreadsheet, in terms of that kind of the outlier-ish uh it's, it's what we're looking for right we're looking for inconsistencies in line um this one was at 0.37. So anything below like 0.6, we play the dog, anything above essentially 0.8, we play the favorite, anything between 0.6 and 0.8 is generally a no play. Um, so that's where those other ones were coming in, like right at 0.7 square in the no play territory. But this one, I think it, I mean, it screams UNC or no play, um, do short favorites cover at times. Absolutely. They do. And that's okay. But I think the math for me points to them, uh, common opponents, I believe is only Marquette, um, So kind of a whatever wash there. UNC beat them by far more. Uh, But UNC is peaking at the right time where UCLA, I think, you know, trying to find trying trying to find Johnny and then a little bit of banged up on their their other other stud. Although the alliteration on that squad is fantastic. You know, Johnny Juzang, (laughs) Jaime Aquas or whatever it might be. Um, But for me, uh, UNC minus uh, plus two and a half. Lock it in and lock it in.
1: I like that. I like that. That might be one of my favorite sides uh, of the weekend, for sure. The first two games on Thursday and Friday. And, uh, you know, one thing there it, that I might play, too, is UNC in the first half. It's obviously going to be a small number, but you look at how some of these teams have come out recently. UCA, UNC's been running and gunning. UCLA uh, was a little bit sluggish in their last game against St. Mary's. I think a stronger second half, if I remember correctly. So,
0: Yeah. Oh, interesting here, Ant. Um,
1: did, well, I, did, God. I, did
0: I botch that? Not not entirely. Um UCLA is pretty good offensive and defense on defense both halves thirty fourth and thirtieth in terms of points per game. Uh, UNC gets significantly worse in the second half one one eighty eight to two seventy four and UCLA seeing a very interesting split as well uh, in the sense that they're twenty third in the league uh, in terms of first half points and one hundred forty sixth in second half points so. <sighs> it's a bit of a wash, right? It's a, it's a little bit of a merge. I've got no no radical takes on that. UNC's been playing well. They've been playing good basketball. They're peaking at the right time.
1: It was that Duke win, man. The the stomping on Coach K's, you know, ceremonial last dance at at down there in Duke and and just got him going.
0: Yeah. And interesting here, team rankings uh, on their teamrankings.com power rankings, they do a predictive rating and then a last 10 games rating. So UNC is predicted to be the 22 seed in the country. Last 10 games, they've been number 10 in the country. So that's one of those that the line I think tells a story and they're percolating and and pontificating about victory here and and that is good enough for me I'm going to lock it in you heard the
1: man the last game on the slate is an interesting one we probably didn't think we'd get an 11 seed versus a 10 seed I don't know how many times that's happened but that's what you get Iowa State at Miami are facing the number 10 seed Miami Miami minus 2 total at 133 and for me Jeff, when Vegas goes low, I go lower. So I'm going to take the under 133. And I think you got the rock fight coming here, which was crazy to me. When you look at this thing in the Iowa State games, especially 59 to 54 in the first round against LSU in the second round against Wisconsin, albeit an all time worst ever performance from the Badgers in terms of three-point shooting. I think it was two for 22. It might have been worse. You and I were tweeting about it a little bit. 54 to 49. That's 103 points. So 113 and 103 points in their first two games. Miami against USC and against Auburn, 134 points and 140 points respectively in the two wins. So I, I think you just have two teams that are playing. Good defense, maybe a little bit of luck and regression, but they're also not great offensively, Um, you know, so uh, especially from an Iowa State standpoint, adjusted offensive efficiency of 159th in the nation. Uh, Miami stronger at 18th, Um, Iowa State fifth on defense and Miami
0: 122nd. This is a funky one. Right line opened at minus one sharp move money moved it the other way through zero to minus two and a half for Miami. Which, in terms of efficiency to spread ratio, is the best line of of the weekend. It's Miami minus two and a half. But I have so much uncertainty. This is a team that's looked like the best team in the country. It's a team that's looked like the worst team in the country. I think something that is interesting that I think does benefit Miami is this ISU defense. You said it. Fantastic, right? They're 18th in the league in terms of uh, opponent points per game. But what they really seem to excel at here is opponent three-point percentage for ISU is number seven in the league. They're one of the best perimeter defenses. You look at that two-point percentage, that bloats up to number 215. We look at what Miami does. They only shoot uh, the 207th most three pointers, uh, Sorry, 241st three-pointer attempts per game and 207th in terms of makes per game. So they're not getting very many points from three as is. But they are getting a lot of points for two, and they do shoot the two very, very well. Two-point percentage for Miami, number 24th in the league at 54.9. Two-point percentage for opponents for ISU is at 215th. So if this is a team that can get inside and ball out, I mean, I think maybe it's moved too far already. You know, Sharp Money's already moved it to two and a half. Have we missed the move? Does it matter? Those are questions I'm going to be asking about, you know, staying up late at night over tonight and tomorrow and finding this, but – um I'm, I'm close to taking Miami even at the two and a half point. I'd like to see it maybe come back a little bit, but it's popping and I think they match up well. Yeah, and so look, I
1: love we'll that three-point, that two-point breakdown. Obviously, they shoot the two well, but hey, three is more than two, and if I can have less threes and a little sloppy on the twos, what I really have to avoid with that total being so low is foul trouble and free throws. Um, so that's one thing I'll be looking at too and seeing, again, if that line balloons up during the game or at any point, could be another one to go under the other way live in action.
0: And you are in luck that uh, ISU shoots 68.4% from the free throw line, which is good for 290th in the league. It's a team that struggles to score for sure. Um, but Miami is not exactly good on defense. Their opponent effective field goal percentage is 301st in the league. I don't know what you make of that.
1: It's One of those things unstoppable that. Unstoppable
0: for meeting and immovable. Exactly, object, right? exactly.
1: And I think I like those two extremes on the side because I don't think Iowa State will be able to take full advantage of that weakness. So we roll on. With two officials from me both on Friday, unfortunately, I did not do a good job diversifying my officials, but I got the over a 141.5 in the Providence-Kansas game and the under in the Iowa State-Miami nightcap of uh, under 133. Uh, you've got a couple sprinkled. You did better diversification, so why don't you recap those?
0: Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm looking at Texas Tech minus one, Arizona minus one and a half, and then two dogs for you, UNC plus two and a half, and Michigan plus five with the, who knows, play of the week. Probably going to be Miami minus, hopefully two, maybe one and a half. Maybe that comes back a little bit. If it moves any further, I don't know. Stay tuned on Twitter. We'll keep you posted. But appreciate everybody listening today, watching today. This podcast will be available tomorrow morning if you want to listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you already know, baby, this was, this is, this always will be short-term high volatility investments.